Well, we're in a series of messages titled, Come to the Table, and you'll remember week one, we talked about how the table is full. We had a little smaller than this. Last week, we talked about how the table's getting bigger, and most importantly, as the table gets bigger, we have to serve at this table. And you had some opportunity to leave the auditorium and go out into the commons and sign up to serve somewhere at the life of our body. And I want you to know that those signups are still out there this morning. So if you missed that last week and you still want to sign up for something, those are all out there. Now remember, the table, this table, is, is a representation of our church. So when I say the word table, I'm talking about our church. This table represents and is an illustration of Cheney Faith Center, of our building, and of our future as a church and what we desire for our city and for ourselves. Now, the point is for people to come to the table. That's the point. That's the whole purpose of making it a little bit larger and adding a third service. We want unbelievers to come to the table and get to know Jesus. And as followers of Christ, we want to grow in our relationship with Jesus while we meet together. And we want unity of purpose and mission to inspire us to go into the world with the message of Jesus' death and resurrection. Now, this is a beautiful table, amen? It's beautifully set. It's ready to go. Tables are interesting because they are a, they're an integral part of our lives and of our society. We, we find them everywhere. We have them at home. We have them at work. We have them on playgrounds. We have them all over our cities and our communities. The table is an important piece of our life. And as people, we use tables for all kinds of purposes. We eat at our tables. We have fun at our tables. How many of you use your table for work? Our table seconds as a laundry basket. How about yours? <laughs> right? After the laundry comes out of the dryer, it goes on the table and then it gets folded. It's also a place where we do bills and we do other work, right? We play games at our table. We make crafts at our table. We have meetings at tables. We study at our tables, and the list goes on. Tables have a lot of purpose for our life, just like the church does. The church has as much purpose, if not more purpose, than a regular table. And this table that's up here on stage, once again, it's it's made room. We've made room for more. It's set beautifully. We're, we're ready for people to come to the table and enjoy Jesus and live for him daily. This table is beautifully set. And like this table, the church needs to be that way too. The church has purpose in our lives. And the church has purpose for everyone on the earth because we have the message of Jesus Christ. This morning, I'd like to talk about the purpose of why we come to the table. Why do we want people to enjoy what we have? Why do we want people to come to the table? What is the purpose of making the table larger? See, the church is important to our faith and our identity as believers in Jesus Christ, and therefore, we must understand the purpose of getting to the table, of being at the table. Of hanging out at the table. So grab your Bible with me this morning. We're going to look at Acts chapter 2 this morning. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47, which you 
hopefully will notice as a theme verse in our church. It's written in the commons on the wall. And it's an interesting section of verses. It's a section of verses that are important to us as the church. It's, a, it's an important section to Cheney Face Center. But here's what's interesting about this section of verses. This section of verses is describing the first century church. But more importantly, it's talking about something deeper and more meaningful. It's talking about what they did as believers and how they organized themselves and what they decided as a people were vitally important as they began to live their lives for Jesus Christ, a risen Savior. And here's what they said as a group of people. We could almost say that this was like the first century church's mission statement. This is almost like their mission statement, but it's carried on to 2019. And this is who we are as well. But look at these verses, 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who was in need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. What a great description of the church. I don't know about you, but does that sound like a church that you want to be a part of? It does to me. It sounds like what I would love for Cheney Face Center to be and what we're becoming. We see lots of purpose in these verses. And the first purpose, and probably one of the most important purposes of the table and of the church, is food. Did you notice that? Twice it talked about food in the church at the table. So what we see right off the bat is a purpose for the church, for the church is this idea of food. Now it's much deeper than just the food we put on the table. Because there's really two kinds of food you can put at your table. There's physical food and there's spiritual food. Both should be at your table. Now, the most important purpose of this table is to provide this nourishment that we need. Nourishment for our physical body, nourishment for our soul and our spirit. Now, I don't know about you, but in our home, we regularly eat at the table. It's a part of our home. It's a part of our family. Most of us probably eat three meals a day. And we can say, praise God, amen, that we live in a place where we get three meals a day. That is an amazing blessing of God. So most of us probably eat three meals a day, and maybe two of them are at a table, probably breakfast and dinner, or maybe you even eat at a table at work. So maybe your two are lunch and dinner, and you skip breakfast, or you do breakfast on the run, or, or you think Starbucks is your breakfast, whatever it might be. Probably most of us have two of our three meals at a table. Here's what's interesting. There's a regular habit of feeding ourselves. 
It's a regular habit of eating and nourishing our body, keeping it healthy. There's a regular habit of being at a table. It's, it's actually more rare for us to skip a meal than to not have one at all. And the table provides a place to eat. Now, the food at the table, it helps you grow, especially when you're young. You remember when you were young, and, or maybe you're young right now, maybe you're in the room and you are young. And you remember, or you're remembering now, you might even be hungry right now. And you're like, I'm just hungry. There were donuts in the commons, and I didn't want a donut. I really wanted a breakfast burrito. I really wanted pancakes. We'll do that next week. <laughs> Yay. Now, when you're young, you can't wait for mom and dad to put something on the table for you to eat. And, and you kind of rely on mom and dad to take care of you because you're young, but you're hungry and you're ready to eat. And the food at the table sustains you. But as you get older, the food at the table continues to sustain you. You continue to eat at the table even when you get older. In fact, it's interesting. I've never heard even an older person say, you know what? I've eaten a lot of meals at the table, so I don't need to eat anymore. Never heard anybody older say that. So the table's for everyone. As we transition that to the idea of the church, the purpose of the church is to feed us spiritually, to feed us the knowledge of God, to help us understand how to live for Christ. When we are young in the faith, we need others to feed us. When we get older in our faith, the church continues to feed us and nourish us with the word of God, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. But we also learn as we get older in our faith that now we get to be a person that feeds someone younger. And we become the person that disciples. We become the person that makes the meal. We become the person that sets the spiritual food on the table in the church for those younger. Now, let me put a caveat here. Younger and older does not mean age. It's not age. It's not younger is middle school and older is over 60. That's not younger and older in the church. Because you could be in high school, but you grew up in church, and so you know all the Bible stories. Maybe you've read through the scriptures two or three times already, and you're a junior or senior in high school. Would you might know a little bit more and be a little more mature in Christ than somebody who's 35 and just came to know the Lord? Absolutely. So younger and older in the church is not about age. It's about maturity. It's about what I've experienced in Christ. And so it's not about age. So if you're a junior or senior in high school and you've read the scripture several times and you're walking with Jesus in the fullness of the spirit and you're committed to Christ, then you need to find a middle schooler to start feeding. Amen? If you've walked for, with Christ for 20 years then you have something to share with somebody that needs spiritual nourishment. Find someone that you can mentor. Bring someone to the table and help them meet Christ. Now, like a table, the church provides food. 
The church provides nourishment for our spirit. Look at verse 42 again with me. It says this, four important things. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayer. These were the four things that the church said, these are the four most important things in our life as believers. Teaching of the word, fellowship, breaking of bread, which is a reference to communion. It's not a reference to eating. It's a reference to eating later when they broke bread in their homes and ate together. Here, it is a reference to communion. When Jesus broke bread and said, take and eat, this is my body. And so breaking of bread, which is a regular reminder of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and prayer. Now, these four spiritual habits are what the church decided to do together at the table in the church every day. This is why when we get together on Sunday mornings, in life teams, in relational environments, all throughout our church, we do these four things. We open our Bibles together. We fellowship with one another. We take communion together and we pray. We do these things regularly in every aspect of our church. Why? Because that's what we do. That's who we are. And this is also the reason that we are adding a third service. It's to allow more people to hear the word of God, to be in fellowship and real community with people, to understand the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and to learn to talk to God to listen to God. This is the reason we're adding a third service and making room for more. When we are faithful to be in church, it's interesting, there becomes a, a steady diet of spiritual nutrition that we need to live for Jesus every day. Just like physically we don't skip meals, the scripture says don't skip spiritual meals either. Don't skip spiritual togetherness. Don't, don't skip spiritual nutrition and nourishment, just like you would never skip physical nutrition. And scripture talks about this regularly. For instance, the fourth commandment is, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Make it different than any other day of the week and set it apart for God. Verse 46 in the section that we talked about says, every day, turn to your neighbor and say, every day. We're slacking. It says, every day. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. So, from now on, every day we will get together at 5 o'clock right here, right here. <laughs> Right? I mean, every day. I mean, if you look at it, that's a commitment, isn't it? I mean, that's a commitment to Jesus, and that's a commitment to the church. That's a commitment to one another every day. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. All the more as you see the day 
approaching. Hebrews says that when we get together, we get together to, to encourage one another in love and good deeds. And we must do this regularly. See, we're making the table bigger so that others can find spiritual food at our table. We're making the table bigger so that you and I can bring people to this table. Second, there's food at this table, but there's also fun at this table. Verse 46 says, They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. This is why there's a part of what we believe is a staff at Genie Faith Center that we want to have fun together. We want to be a fun church. This is why I give you so much grief about being a Seahawks fan. Because we have fun together. And you can laugh at me and I can laugh at you more. And we can have fun together. It's good stuff, right? Because a table is a place of fun. At your table, you play games together and you have fun together and you invite, you invite family and friends over and you sit around the table and you have fun and you, you're joyful and you have great times and we have celebrations at tables and our holidays are at tables and we have great food and we have great fun. See, there is fun at the table. In fact, this table itself, this table has seen three generations of fun. Lots of fun at this table. And some of you in this room are, are multi-generational people here at Genie Face Center. You have fun here. You have fun enjoying Christ together. And you have fun meeting together with Christ and with others. And this is your life. And this has become just as much a part of your family as other things. See, we need to have fun in the church and at our table. I think it's even more important today to have fun in the church because have you noticed that the world is portraying Christians as irrelevant and stuffy, judgmental and boring? Have you noticed that? Anytime a Christian is portrayed in a movie or a sitcom, he's the boring one. He's the one that will destroy all the fun in the room. That is the portrayal of the Christian in our community. But is that who you are? No. You're fun. You're full of life. You have great joy because of what Jesus has done for you. In fact, have you ever filled out a job application and somewhere in the job application it says, can you describe yourself? Can you imagine a job application that you filled out and it said, could you please describe yourself with four words and you would put down, of course, irrelevant, stuffy, judgmental, and boring. Nobody would put that down on a job application. It's not who you are. It's not who we are. So let's begin to change the way the world sees us and sees Jesus. And let's begin to have fun in the church. Let's have fun with one another outside the building and inside the building. Let's model joy and a zest for life. Because I think, after all, shouldn't we be the happiest people in the world? We should. We should actually be the happiest people on the planet. Why? Because our eternity is secure. Because heaven is our home. 
Because every single morning we wake up with perfect love, all unlimited grace, abounding mercy, acceptance, and joy from the Holy Spirit. These things are all a part of our life. Complete forgiveness and a community of people that love us. This is all ours in Christ and so much more. So therefore, you and I, of course, should be the happiest people in the world. So turn to your neighbor and say, tell your face to be happy. Go ahead. Tell, tell your face to be happy. Tell your face to be happy. You... Yeah, <laughs> I'm happy in the spirit. No, that won't work. You got to make your face happy too. If you're happy in the spirit, then you can make your face happy too. Let people see you smile. Be a joyful person and a happy person. Let's be a fun church. Let's play together. Let's enjoy life together. Let's form relationships in the church that enjoy one another's company. Let's be together outside the church. Let's go camping together and do dinners together and study the word together and go to ball games together and enjoy life together. Let's be the happiest people on the planet so that when people come to our table, they say, man, that was fun. Have you ever been over to somebody's house and you left going, whew, I hope we don't get an invitation there again. That was lame. But then you've gone to somebody else's house and you're like, I don't want to leave. It's 1030 and I can tell they're tired, but I don't want to go. This is fun, right? That's what church should be. And that's what I love about us. In fact, can I just tell you, one of the things I'm a little bit concerned about as we go to three services is we have fun in the comments. I'm concerned about that. And I'm serious. I'm a little concerned that our DNA will change a little bit as a church. And so could you help us not lose that DNA of fun? Now, I know that that means we only have 20 minutes instead of 35 in between services. And so we got to change a little bit. But let's, let's be intentional about sticking around and having a little bit of fun and then welcoming the next group that comes in and bringing them to the table and having fun. Amen? Amen. Let's not lose our DNA of fun. And let's invite the world into our clean fun. Let's laugh. In fact, let's start right now. Let's watch a video by a Christian comedian named John Christ. And let's just laugh. All right, I'm about to call Postmates. Does everyone want the fish dinner then? We'll just, I'll just call a bunch hey, of them. Jesus is on the way. So just get, maybe just get a couple. He'll take care of us. Okay, yeah, all right, just get... Two, then? Two. All right, yeah, just two. We'll just do two fish, yeah. Yeah, maybe like five loaves of bread with it? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, perfect. Bro, I just got a Venmo request from Judas. Dude, Jesus just got a blue check mark. How did he get verified? He only has 12 followers. I have way more than that. <laughs> Dude, David is liking and commenting on every one of Bathsheba's spring break pics. What's he doing? I thought uh, he was supposed to be at war. I don't know, dude. Also, what? Yeah, well... Okay. <laughs> we can't do that. <laughs> Dude, I'm on Facebook Marketplace right now. Look at this. Joseph's brothers are selling him. Can you do that? Wh oh, Joe. He's just going on and on. He said he lost everything. Probably going to get a Kickstarter up oh. soon. Bro, I was talking to Mary and Joseph last week. They were trying to price line a hotel in Bethlehem. Couldn't find anything. They ended up having to, like, Airbnb some, like, rustic barn, dude. 
brutal. If Noah Instagrams one more time about his DIY project, I'm done. It's too much. Like He's like, I'm getting these instructions from heaven. Oh, yeah. Doubt it. Dude. I ain't getting on that boat. Oh, look, another bachelorette in Sodom and Gomorrah. <sighs> Seen it. Sin City, we get it. Don't look behind you. You know what I'm saying? Because the... What? Okay, forget it. Dude, are you friends with the prodigal son on Snapchat? Have you seen his stories? He just, like, left his dad's house. He's in, like, another city just losing it. Dude. Insane. Like, not safe for work. Uh-uh. <laughs> okay, dude, have you heard from Paul in a while? Maybe he's in prison again? Again? <laughs> dude, you want a bite of this? Do I look like Adam to you? Okay. Bro, do you follow the rich young ruler? Is that that SoundCloud rapper? No, it's a guy. Oh. He's always posting about his house and his cars and stuff. He mm. met Jesus last week. Literally haven't heard from him. It's weird. Dude, Jesus came to town on a donkey. I dude. saw that. Could he not get an Uber? I mean, maybe he was surging. <laughs> dude, are you in this group chat with Shadar, Kamishak, and Abendigo? Uh-huh. I used this fire emoji. They got all offended. Oh, uh, okay. Jonah tweeted he was going deep sea fishing three days ago. Have you heard from him? Maybe he doesn't have service. <laughs> do you follow Saul? Yeah, what? He changed his username to Paul. What? Bro, do you have locations on for the children of Israel? They're just like wandering around. Literally makes no sense. Have you seen the weather for today? No, what? 50% chance of quail. Weird. Wow. Ah, uh, Abram and Isaac posted a selfie the head of the mountains for a little father-son trip. Amazing. What could go wrong? Wait, what's that rope for? Oh my goodness, Lot's daughter's pregnant. She's gonna have a baby. I wonder no. who the dad is. <laughs> Too far. <laughs> Bro, you're following the woman at the well? That's not like that. Check your heart. <laughs> Oh gosh. <laughs> Have fun at the table. Right. Yeah, if you didn't get some of those references, life teams have started up. <laughs> so you'll want to jump into one of those. Get a little bit more acquainted. Lastly, fellowship at the table. Lastly is fellowship at the table. And here's, here's what's important about fellowship, because fellowship is more than food and fun. It is food and fun, but it's more than that. Because fellowship is where you and I learn to go deeper with one another and share life together. Fellowship isn't just the time and place that we meet. Fellowship is relationship. And the purpose of the church is to have deep fellowship with one another. We talk about our struggles. We share answers from God's word together. We pray and connect on a spiritual level with God and one another. Fellowship is more than a potluck and a meal. Fellowship is deep, meaningful relationship. Now, it's relationship that is grounded in Christ. It's held together by Jesus himself, because the church is Jesus' bride. The church is God's idea. And so we are held together in fellowship by Christ and the Father himself. 1 John 1.3, John says, We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. See, our fellowship is intertwined with Christ. It's like we are a tapestry, and in this tapestry is woven Jesus Christ himself. He is in us and through us, working in and through us. The Holy Spirit is in us, and we are intertwined with Christ 
and with one another. Now, because the foundation of our fellowship and our relationship is Jesus, we can be open and authentic with one another. If the foundation was our own thoughts and our own ideas and the way that mankind treated one another, we'd have a problem because we wouldn't treat one another correctly. But because our foundation is Christ himself, you and I are called to treat one another like Jesus wants us to. We're called to treat one another like Christ treats us. We're called to love and forgive and accept one another. That means that fellowship can be honest and real. It means that we can love and forgive and accept one another for the mutual benefit of Jesus Christ, for our own friendship and fellowship, and for the world who is watching us. See, fellowship in the church should kind of be like an AA meeting. It should kind of be like an AA meeting, that in the church we can stand up at any point and say, here is my biggest problem. And everyone in the room will choose to love me and accept me and forgive me and hold me accountable until my problem is not a part of my life anymore. That's what the church should be like. We should be able to share our struggles and our sin and our issues with one another, and we would all say, how can I help you? We should accept one another, forgive one another, and love one another until that sin and until that problem is no longer a part of our life. And instead of that sin, we now see Christ. That's fellowship. That's deep, meaningful relationship. See, fellowship in the church means that we are living real life together. We are not fake. We are not judgmental. We are not hypocritical. We are real honest, authentic, and we lean on Jesus together because he's our savior and our king. That's what real fellowship means. So the purpose of the table, the purpose of the church is to provide nourishment, to provide this place where you and I can bring people to the table and see the word of God grow. The purpose of the church is to have fun, to have joy, to be in the world and to bring the world into it so that they can see that there's joy in Christ, that there's joy in the spirit. And the purpose of the church is to have fellowship with one another and to have real life together. Deep, meaningful fellowship. So come to the table. Bring someone to the table and help them know Jesus and live for him daily. Would you stand with me? And I just want to close in prayer this morning about these three purposes about these three things that you and I are called to do 
And I'm hoping that there's an area that you noticed, that's an area I can work on. That's an area that I can help the church do better in. And whatever it might be, however you could serve and however you could grow, would you get into the life of our church and discover this is who we are. This is who we are becoming. And we want to bring more people into this environment, into this body, so that Christ can be exalted and praised in our midst and in our relationships. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that you are doing awesome things in our midst, and we praise you for everything that you're doing in us because we recognize that this is all your work. It's all your doing. And we thank you for it. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be a church that is really, really good at spiritual nutrition, spiritual nourishment. That we would preach the word in season and out of season and we would be great at helping ourselves and the world understand the value of God's word, the Bible. The very thing we need every day to help us live for Christ. Would you help us to be people that are fun. We want to be a church that is fun, that is happy and joyful because we want people when they come here to recognize that the happiest thing in the world is to be in love with Jesus. The greatest thing in the world is to be in relationship with his people and to understand all of the blessings we have in Christ. Would you help us, Lord, to be the happiest people in our city? Would it be said of us that we have so much joy that it's contagious, that wherever we go, people would ask, how come you're so happy? And we could tell them about you. And Lord, help this church to be a place of deep fellowship. Help us to be real with one another. Help us to be authentic and value these relationships more than any others. May the relationships we have with the people in this room be our most important relationships. And may we learn as the day is approaching for you to return that our message to the world of your death and resurrection is timely, valuable, and very important. Thank you, Lord. There may be some of you in this room that are wondering if you want to commit to this table, commit to this church, commit to the kingdom of God. And I want to encourage you would you come to the table? Would you believe in Jesus Christ with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength? And would you begin to understand how much he loves you?
all that he's done for you. And how in different points and moments of your life, he rescues us from all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.